Okay. Okay. Welcome to Just Say It, a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sayin' podcast. My name is Allison Gardner. I'm here with Pastor Terry Wagner. Hey, Allison Gardner. How are hey, you? Hey, you cut me off again. Well, uh, you know, I try to... What's the, the thing on TV? What's you the segue? Secret? What's the secret about comedy? Timing. Oh, gotcha, <laughs> so, gotcha. There you go. That's okay. why I jumped in there. How's your uh, second, uh, third week of school going? Second, third. Second, third. <laughs> the third? Well, I forgot we didn't record last week. Yeah. So it is going. You cut out. The, when I said second, you cut that out. All right. Or I, is or, Groundhog Day where or or I'm going to smack your hand. <laughs> Your second, third week. Wait a minute. Or is that two-thirds of a week? I don't remember. Hey, how's school going? It's going fairly well. That's probably my my brain most of the oh time. Boy. It's just all over the place. But, you know, it's going good. How good. are you guys doing? Well, I, I'm fine, but you haven't introduced Tyler. You're fine. Yet. Oh, I, sorry. My apologies. Well, you got interrupted. Yes, that is true. Timing. That is true. <laughs> Our sound magician, Tyler Satan. How are you doing, Tyler? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm a little warm right now. But okay. <laughs> we are um, very insulated in this room. It might room be my blood by... pressure. <laughs> we, we at Tri-State Worship Center have a, a, a very nice building mm. that is very large, but not large enough. <laughs> not right? Large. It's just not so large we enough. We have some new soundproofing right. in yeah. our studio. Yeah, we do, a- we do. We do. back. This is a good commercial for <laughs> oh, the church right here. We do uh, backpacks so of good. blessings yes. for Burlington Elementary and South Point Elementary, and that is that we take uh, bags of food for kids to make sure they have food to eat over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that has grown and grown and grown to the point where our media room, where we do this podcast, <laughs> is now full of Little Bites. <laughs> ramen, and noodles. ramen noodles. Ramen noodles. <laughs> and they're all around us. Yep. And vacuum cleaners. And you vacuum cleaners. <laughs> That's ASMR. ramen noodles. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's everywhere. So it's a little warm, yeah. but it sounds great. It does. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're doing good, guys. Okay, so you can fast forward the first five minutes of this podcast if you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you want to miss all the fun. fun exactly. Hello. Exactly. It's our personalities that people come for. It's, you know what? And if it, they don't I, know this about us by now, why are, are they you here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where yeah. have they been? <laughs> you know, I did. Uh, there, there are people that have commented to me about how. The camaraderie and the chemistry, and and it's good, and I and and I enjoy it and have fun with you guys. And uh, let me just real quickly say too, though, that you need to um, follow, rate, and review mm. the podcast as often as you can because we're out to get Furtick. Yeah, mm. we're coming for you, Stevie. <laughs> exactly. But he don't set amongst the noodles <laughs> like we do. <laughs> He's too good for that. Probably. No. Yeah. Um, Ramen. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh boy, we we need to open a window or something. I don't think those open. Or really? That, I don't think that opens. It's um, not those. It's that the one window. One window. One window. Oh boy! Well, welcome back, guys. Hey, everybody! <laughs> this is episode two of season four, where we're talking about cultural issues. So yeah. We're here to be uncontroversial, not. 
Thanks. That, that puts no pressure at all on me. Un-uncomfortable. No. Un, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We are not not politically correct. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, we're here today to talk about the church and the government. Mm. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> um, yeah, so my first question. What PG, is your first question, Allison? Why Why should we be talking about this? What do you think? Well, because this is Civics 101, mm. and we're going to... Mm. No, no. <laughs> um, well, because I think that, that obviously, especially in this last year and a half, I mean, the government and the church has... You know, has really uh, ramped up the, I don't want to call it a battle because I don't think it's a battle. I, I think the last year and a half has magnified and amplified the relationship between church and, and state. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, maybe like no other time in my life, um, and I'm 62, has there been scrutiny like there is now mm-hmm. on both sides, you know, government-wise as well as the church-wise. So while there have been some court rulings that we didn't like and some things that didn't line up with my convictions, um, this may have been the most extreme challenge to the church as a whole this last year and a half, those mandates and those shutdowns. And so I think that has uh, brought government into the perspective or the lens of the church because because they kind of forced that issue and we had to— we, we had to look at it. We yeah. had to see that. Yeah, it's time to reevaluate Absolutely. our perspective on it yeah. now more than ever. Um, so, yeah, that's really why I wanted to have this conversation, especially in light of this year. I don't think have ha, have we been in uh, had we been in uh, 2019. I don't think that I would have breached this conversation because right. it never really occurred yeah. to me that it was needed. Yeah. But uh, if anything, this past year has been a wake-up call uh, for many believers, I think, as to the importance of understanding biblically what mm-hmm. um, it means to submit to both God and government. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, a good segue, I think, into our next question. Oh what is the biblical perspective on the sphere of the church and the sphere of government? Well, I don't remember. I think there was a scripture, uh, and it's Acts chapter 5, verse 29. And it's real short. It, just, uh, it was Paul writing, we must obey God rather than men. Hmm. And he, he said that um, when he was told not to preach anymore by, by the Roman officials. Now, in those in that short sentence, there's actually four spheres mentioned that that may not be as, as real obvious. One is the individual, mm-hmm. the, the Paul, but then it's when you say we, it's got to include the family, but then you're including the government and the church. Your specific question is the sphere of the government and the sphere of the church. Where is that? You know, where do they combine? They're always going to overlap, mm-hmm. but do, when is it that that overlap? Uh, is going to be a problem. So the the biblical perspective, and I'm going to read a scripture that's uh, been controversial, especially, again, in this last year and a half, Romans 13. I'm just going to read the first seven verses real quick. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. 
for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Then verse 5 goes on to say, Therefore you must be subject, not only to because of the wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of, uh, because of this you also pay taxes, for they are uh, God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. And then the last verse, Render, therefore... Uh, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear, uh, honor to whom honor. Hmm. Um, man, there's three, four, maybe five arguments going on about that scripture and what and what that really means to the church in regards to the sphere of government, sphere of church. Um, you know, I, I, I had one... Uh, article that I read where someone said, well, that was just written for the people in first century because they were under the heavy-handed rule of Rome, and it really doesn't apply to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I, I can't really pick and choose in the Bible what I want to believe is for us and what's not for us. And I, heard, I read another uh, uh, article that said that it can't mean what we think it means because for us to submit to the governing authorities is for us to say that they rule over God, hmm. and God would never uh, forfeit His authority to, and, and I don't, I don't think that's what it's saying either, hmm. because I believe that uh, we, we should submit to the ruling authorities until they ask us to do something or mandate us to do something that's be that's that's uh, contradicting God hmm. or contrary to what God wants us to do. Yeah. At that point, we resist. Amen. Now. Um, and we can unpack this as big as you want to go, but when it comes to resisting, mm-hmm. let's just say we get to that point where there is a resistance. Um, when we resist, we also have to accept the consequence of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the the New Testament believers that resisted, they knew they were going to get thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. They knew they were going to get punished. They knew where they they were going to get scourged or whatever it was that the punishment was. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I think there comes a point where the the government sphere overlap uh, is overreaching. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that there, there will be a time, you know, when we'll be challenged to resist. Um, but but I, I haven't seen that yet. And we can, and I know I don't want to get ahead of, of where we're going. Um, you know, everybody wants to claim their religious freedom, uh, but I think sometimes they're confusing the issue. You know, they, they, as a citizen of the United States, I have the right to freedom. And as a believer, I have the right to practice my religion without government interference. And I think sometimes people get confused there because they, you know, well, you know, there's a separation of church and state, which, of course, we, you know, is not in the Constitution. It is in the First Amendment, and it, but it's, but that phrase is not in the in the First Amendment, right? Thomas Jefferson writing to Bradbury Baptist or whoever it was in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, my wife tells me I say, I say that wrong. I don't know how to say it. Uh, in mass, period. <laughs> um, wait a minute. That can mean something else. <laughs> no, Never mind. not Catholic mass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Come back to the train uh, thought. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but there are two exclusions in there, and that is the establishment clause hmm. is in that First Amendment, which says that the government cannot establish a government State religion. State religion, right, yeah. Like they had in England. Yeah. But the second one was that there's the free exercise clause, mm-hmm. which is... You can practice whatever religion you want to practice, and the government can't tell you mm-hmm. not to. And I think, you know, when when we understand that, 
I think it helps us to understand more that, you know, the government does what it does to try to protect its citizenry. Man, I said citizenry. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> and they, they do what they think is best, you know, to protect and, and so forth and so on. And the church does what we do to protect our citizenry. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that uh, sometimes the reach is, is maybe too far on the government side of things. Uh, but I think sometimes too the church is guilty of over overreaching to mm-hmm. to try to um, you know project some things on the government. You know, like when the Supreme Court makes a decision, they're not cracking open the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, and when the the legislators and congressmen, senators, uh, I would love to think that they are all God fearing people that are making decisions based on the fear of God. But th- the reality is they're not. They're not. And so um, I think that I think it has to be there. I know that uh, I've had a couple conversations with people that that said, you know, hey, government is not even something that God wanted in the first place. I don't know if I could go down that road because why would the Bible say mm-hmm. submit to the ruling authorities unless mm-hmm. that was something that God put in place? Yeah. And so I think that I think that they are necessary to um, to prevent chaos and anarchy. But there are times when I think both sides can be probably a little bit overreaching. Hmm. That's a long answer, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's good. I've always found it pretty interesting that people that are put in those positions, when they're sworn in, they have to put their hand on a Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's always perplexed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and not it, that I'm saying I don't agree that they should. Obviously, yeah. as a believer, yeah. Yeah. But if that person does not practice Christianity, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I've just always found that to be. Well, I think what's kind of <laughs> sad yeah. is that in some cases recently they haven't had to use the Bible. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think uh, my uh, assumption would be that the fact that America was founded on the basis of Protestant um, Christian values, we, we look back at the um, – philosophies surrounding uh, the Reformation, mm-hmm. we see mirror parallel between um, the uh, American Revolution and the founders. And so our constitution is based in Judeo-Christian values, mm-hmm. um, natural rights, God-given rights. The only reason why we have, um, you know, our quote unquote rights here is because God gave them to us. Right. And that's that's where we find our founding in. And so you're still seeing reaches of that in our culture today because mm-hmm. that's where we started but it's been a fast track off in the wrong direction for years now well and and when we take the things of god and we begin to dilute them to kind of fit our particular narrative whoever you are and whoever i if we dilute that it it soon gets very weakened and very thin and I think that's that's what's happening. Yes, yeah. we were we were founded on Judeo-Christian ethic. Yeah, we were founded on Christian uh, ethics, and as we have gone through time these last two hundred and whatever years, forty two hundred forty-five years, I think we have seen the continual diluting yeah. of that. Yeah, into what we see today. Right, and and it's unfortunate. I do agree. Obviously, well, it doesn't matter if I agree. The fact is. <laughs> The country was founded mm-hmm. to escape religious oppression, mm-hmm. right? That's why they came here. Right. But now you've got people that are coming from other angles saying, well, that's not 
when the country started anyway that you know it was the 1619 mm, project yes. <laughs> or you know those kind yeah. of, and, and and I get it we, um you, you 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 can try to revise history and that's fine mm-hmm. but the, but we still have the the truth is the truth and that is that there was a, a people that escaped religious oppression mm-hmm. to come to found a country where they could exercise their religion in that freedom. Yeah. And that constitution says that you and I have the right to pursue life, liberty, and and, ha- and the, the pursuit, pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. Yeah. And that's all given to us by our creator. Yeah. Not, not by endowed anybody. by the state. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think what people forget is those um, first, uh, the, the pilgrims were mostly Puritan Christians right. trying, the, like you said, trying to escape religious persecution, mm-hmm. founding their own society to escape the statewide religion so that they could practice theirs freely. And we still see their values in our culture today. Yeah. Christians. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it was never America is this sort of separate entity without any religious values whatsoever. Um, but yeah, we were founded in, Judeo-Christian values completely. But I, and I, and let me just tag on to that before you move on. That it just seems to me that there's this continual effort, though, to move away from that. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that somehow, some way, if I can remove the Christian ethic out of the fabric of the country, then that frees us up, supposedly, by those who are trying to do it. It frees us up to become more than you know, who we are mm-hmm. uh, framed in that in that framework of Christianity. Just, just I'll give you a quick example, evolution, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, I, I don't think that, that Darwin was all about trying to figure out where we came from as much as he was trying to figure out how we got here without God, mm-hmm. right? How, right? How did we get here without God? Well, it was because there was a, a bird that was on one side of the island that had a short beak, but the other side of the island had to dig deeper and he had a longer beak, and so here we are. You know, I mean, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. And I think it takes a lot more faith to believe in the uh, theory of evolution. It, let me emphasize theory of evolution because it can't be proven. Right. I mean, it can't be repeated. Uh, I think it takes more faith to believe that than it does to believe that there's a creator that created us. And so I think the whole theory of evolution is introduced really just to get God out of the picture. Because mm-hmm. if I can figure out how I got here without him, then I don't have to worry about where I'm going after this life. I don't have to worry about yeah. a moral standard, you know, that mm-hmm. that those Puritans brought and, and established in this country based on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I think from, from you know, 16, whenever it was, 1607 is when they first landed in Jamestown. Um, I'm, wow, I'm impressed. very yeah. impressive. I uh, actually went to Jamestown last summer, <laughs> took a little boat tour around where they where Jamestown was at, and the guy on the, the tour guide, he's like, does anybody know, you know <laughs> the first visitors to Jamestown? I was like, uh, 1607. <laughs> and he, he couldn't, he, like, it blew him out of water. Oh. He was done. He couldn't even go on after that. <laughs> but anyway, Judeo-Christian ethic, we're, we, we were founded on those Christian principles, mm-hmm. and uh, it's unfortunate that we've moved over as far away from them as we have and continue to seem to slide away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it was, uh, you know, obviously um, several of the founders of the United States were non-Christians, including Thomas Jefferson, um, who wrote about natural rights. Um, 
oddly enough. He mm. wasn't a Christian, but he believed that God gave he was us. A, he was a theist. He was a theist, yeah. yes. Um, but I think we see God's common grace in the founding of our country. Absolutely. Um, even, even his ability to use non-believers to found a country based on freedoms that on, we can only find from a biblical worldview. And of course, of course, it has been uh, manipulated and misused and not upheld for centuries by uh, in, by fallible man uh, with things like slavery, um, internment camps, mm-hmm. different things like that. But our, our basis for our country is something that we can cling to and that we need to get back to. And like you said, the introduction of postmodern thinking into our culture has really pushed us away from that. And I think we're moving in a wrong direction. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. So, uh, what in specifically, uh, from this year, what have you been thinking through? What have you formed your opinion on, um, in terms of the church and the government? Wow. I'm surprised that we've really gotten this far. Mm -hmm. I really am. Yeah. Uh, Because there was just so much packed into the first couple of questions. But uh, I think it's been alarming to me how quickly things can seem to change. Hmm. I think think if there's one thing that's jumped off the page in the last year and a half is is just how quickly things can change. Um, You know, how freedoms can be challenged Hmm. um, and how divisive issues can become. Um, and how quickly that that becomes divisive, the politicization of, you know, it, it just has created such a divide mm-hmm. in our country in this last year. I mean, I'm not saying that there wasn't some unrest before, mm-hmm. but it has just amplified in this last year and a half uh, to levels that are, are scary, mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. Um, my I, I have a family member that posted something. Uh, on Facebook, it was a like you call them memes, <laughs> and it was like uh, they remembered uh, September the twelfth of twenty o one and how the country had come together after after nine eleven had happened. The country had come together. We were loving our neighbors. We were saying God bless America. And the question was, how do we get back to that? Because we're so far away from that. Mm-hmm. And I think the last year and a half has magnified that even more. Mm-hmm. And I think there's several reasons for that. I think one of the big problems is you can't even have a conversation anymore. Mm. Because if, if if you're not saying what somebody else believes, they don't even listen to you anymore. Mm. Yeah. But I think the only way we get back to healing that divide is to have conversations, to have dialogue with people. But it, it's it's been crazy because, um, you know, what we've seen happen and how quickly it appears as though people are, you know, willing to set aside and I know this is this is going to be weird and controversial to say but we're just so we're so quick to set aside anything that is a conviction uh when we when we think that that's what the government's telling hmm. us that we have to do yeah. or you know we're just so quick to say hmm. uh you know yes yes sir yeah. yes sir <laughs> you know yeah and I don't know I think in some cases those quick decisions like that are going to come back to roost and haunt us yeah. if if Jesus doesn't come back soon. For sure. Yeah. For Be- sure. Because I think I think those those uh, entities that have diluted mm-hmm. not only the Word of God but diluted what the country was founded on, I think they are now seeing 
you know, the pressure points. They mm-hmm. know where they How can How far push. they can yeah, push. They, yeah. They can, they can do that. And I think, I think that's what I've seen in the last year and a half is a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people have really um, fooled themselves into thinking that if we just let those in power have a little bit more power right now, for a short amount of time, then eventually we can get back to the way we were before. But the thing that you don't realize is look throughout history and you never see people in power willingly give up the power that you've given them before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we've seen many believers seed ground in ways that we never should have because we're, we put our faith in a government entity Someone, someone, a person or a politician or a system that is so godless rather than the word of God. Right. And, 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 and just let me insert right here. We are talking about the issue of government through the lens of scripture, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I know some of the things that we're saying are, are, you know, to the person who's not, maybe not a believer that's listening or, or to the person that's not. Uh, you know, grounded in the word, this might sound like we're being harsh and critical. We're not. We're we're just talking about government through the lens of Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, but not only through the lens of Scripture in this particular episode, but through, through history. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about when the founding fathers founded the country, got the Constitution, had a federal government that was to look out for the United States of America, but yet states were supposed to be in charge of their states. The federal again, federal government has so overreached on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the Civil War really was all about: was that state rights. They wanted to have their own rights to make their own decisions, but the government was was growing more and more and more uh, overlapping. But if, if the founding fathers, if, if they knew that we had uh, career politicians, truly would would turn over in their grave. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that was not the plan. The plan was that these guys were going to go to DC or to, or to Philadelphia for 6 weeks and mm. they're going to they're going to legislate and they're going to make laws and then they got to go back and live under those laws. Mm. It's not that way anymore. No. Yeah. You know? No. And, and and we think that it's good, you know, maybe to have career politicians because they're looking out for us, but as you so rightly said that in too many cases it's it's they're God is not part of their decision making no. process. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I'm going to throw in here uh just a quick jab <laughs> if I can. Uh you know, to the person that says, you know, my vote doesn't matter. <laughs> I I I I rebuke you. Yeah. No. <laughs> wait a minute. No, wait a minute. That's, that's something I mean... else. <laughs> Well, here, come the, the, on, guys. It, it, it's not about. It's not even really even about that one vote. Although that is the only way we can make changes is through the mm-hmm. ballot box. Yeah. When it comes to government and governmental officials, um, but it's not even so much about the value of that vote as much as it is me casting a vote based on my convictions hmm. and yeah. what I believe. Yeah. And um, it's amazing to me the number the number of people and believers mm-hmm. that that don't that don't practice that. Uh, because they don't think that one vote makes a difference. Yeah. If anything, from what we've seen this past term, from uh, the Equality Act to um, the situation in Afghanistan, I think we need to wake up and realize that elections have consequences. Your vote does matter. Um, 
And when you elect people into power um, uh, from, from a place that is anywhere but your biblical convictions, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Because that is where our loyalty lies first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen mostly throughout the past year is people's priorities have really just been out of whack. Yeah. Um, you know, we go through this pandemic and uh, there's hysteria and fear and uncertainty. And I completely understand. We all went through that. We all did not know what this was and what we were supposed to do. Um, but then there comes a point in time where... You're presented with information. Um, You have to figure out what's the truth Mm -hmm. uh, in your own research because we all know that all media sources are biased and you've got to do the digging and you can't just be spoon fed the information from uh, just one certain source, first of all. And then second of all, you have to go to the word of God and find your peace there. And then live your life according to those standards, not first and foremost, according to um, what non-Christians in D.C. are telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. It's first and foremost on the word of God. And I really don't think that we saw that from a lot of professing Christians this year. Um, They really just we really let our fear control us. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with you there, and and even still, yeah, you know, even we're still, still seeing the effects of that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I I think that there comes a time where you know the government is trying to do the best that they can in their uh, in their particular yeah. way of ideology. <laughs> I guess I'll just say ideology. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it lines up with with what I believe as a Christian, mm. and and I do have to find my way through the Word to figure out, you know, what I what I should do. Should I be defiant or compliant? Mm. Mm. Put well, it on a T-shirt. I'm gonna yeah, merch. <laughs> uh, just saying. <laughs> well, okay. Let me let me paint this scenario okay. real quick, and and you tell me what you think. And, and yeah. we haven't heard much from Tyler. He's yeah, Tyler. Quiet. Why are you being so uh, quiet? <laughs> Why are you being so quiet, Tyler? <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> um, you know, when, as a pastor, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to model being a good citizen. Mm-hmm. I want to model what it is to be a good citizen. Yeah. So I don't want to model defiance. That's not no. what I want to model. Yeah. But nor do I want to just model compliance. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want... Because... I want to model being a good citizen because I want the sheep that God has entrusted to me to be good citizens. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be good church people. And I, and I don't think me uh, shouting defiance and this and that from the pulpit is what brings that about. Are there times that we should resist? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there times that we should be defiant? Yes. When When Pharaoh put out the order to all the Hebrew midwives that all of the young men, babies, should be killed— they disobeyed that because mm-hmm. that goes against their conviction. When Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to do the things that they were told to do, they defied that, even to the point of, of Daniel going to the lion's den and the three Hebrew boys going to the fiery furnace because they said, no, this goes contrary to what 
we believe, what our convictions are. And, and I think there's a lot of examples like that. You know, when they told the apostles and forbade them to preach, mm-hmm. um, they, they said, no, we, we'd rather obey God than man, and we're going to preach. And so, yes, there's times to be compliant, and there's time to be defiant. Mm-hmm. But here's here's the other side of the of that argument not not even the other side of the argument it's it's the result i guess of the argument and that is all of these people accepted the consequence of their resistance mm-hmm. right that's very true they yeah. didn't think they could resist or defy and just go hide somewhere and no. or, but they they accept they went to jail they mm-hmm. got you know that whatever happened happened to them so i i, I don't want to be the pastor that says uh, let's go out and protest everything mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we are going to participate in the life chain. That's the first Sunday of October where we go and stand and hold a sign saying that we're against abortion and we're for life. Um, and I think some of those things are what we should do. But I don't think every time that the government puts out a mandate that it's my position to get in the pulpit and tell people, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get our torches and we're going to light them and we're going to go to the courthouse. And yeah. uh, I think we go to our word and we figure out exactly what God wants us to do. And, and then we do it. And, uh, and I think that is, is, you know, the world will know that we are his disciples, not by what we protest and not by what we hate. But they'll know we're his disciples because of our love for everybody. That's That's where I want to try to focus my energies is is that to the sheep that the Lord's entrusted to me, let's love people, uh, let's love each other. And then when these things come and, and we have to decide whether we're going to comply or defy, um, you know, then it's it's probably easier to do it in that environment of, of love than it is just to, you know, be a loose cannon out there somewhere just doing some of this stuff that's, uh, that's kind of ridiculous. You know, uh, there's a particular church in, I believe they're in Missouri or Kansas, somewhere out there that, you know, they protest um, military men's funerals Mm. because they they think it's contrary to the word of God to defend the nation and, you know, what it takes to do that. I don't I don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't I I think that that's been a black eye. Churches or or communities of faith that are that way is a black eye. Yeah. And um and in and in the end, I know I, t- I said I was going to ask this and have you guys give me some input. So maybe I'll be quiet and then throw another little jab out there in a minute. But, I mean, what what's your thought about, you know, my goal is to model being a good citizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 um, says that we, our goal should be to lead a, a quiet life, working where we are in our sphere for the glory of God. And uh, obviously that's our goal as Christians. Our goal as Christians is not to be, create some sort of Armageddon or, um, you know, be up in arms over every little thing. Um, But we are to lead and strive to lead a quiet life. Mm -hmm. That's the key word, strive. There's going to come a point and there has come a point when, those in power over you or your enemies will push you past the point of leading a quiet life. And you have to stand up like what you were saying, PT. Mm-hmm. But I think in your position, equipping people with the tools they need to study the word of God and to be able to implement its values in their life, to go to it for everything. Mm-hmm. Because we find, I think people really did not know that you know, procedure for sickness, it's mm-hmm. in the scripture, mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do when yeah. somebody's sick. Yeah. It's in there. 
Yeah. Um, so there's, God has given us the tools that we need to live a life of godliness. As a pastor, you're to be equipping people to go back to the word mm-hmm. and to find their authority there and to have the wisdom and discernment to know when is the right time to um, keep working in the sphere that God has given you and when is the time to stand up and say no more. Right. Yeah, and, and you have to, and, and I think it takes a lot of discernment to yeah. figure out when that is because we can't we can't always just be defiant because we disagree with something. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a conviction, that's another story. But if it's just something that you disagree with or you don't like, and then all of a sudden it's the church's job to back you as you, you know, protest. No, I think it's the church's job as much as it depends on us to live peaceably among all men. Mm-hmm. As much as it depends on, and then there comes a point in time, like I said, yeah. where because of other situations, you you have to rise up. Yeah. Um, but I have, I don't know if I have seen as much of that as what the Christian community wants to say that there has been. And what I mean is, you know, the Christian community, a lot of the people that I talk to, everything that the government has done and everything the government has said has been anti. Church, hmm. I haven't seen. I, I have to confess, I haven't seen that. For instance, we've never been told, never, that we couldn't preach the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Now, there's been some states that said we don't want places of worship to hold services for whatever a month, two months, six months. But even in that, the church is not a building. The church is the people, and we've never been told. I, I can't. I've never been told I can't walk out here on the street and witness to somebody. Mm-hmm. But yet. If we're not careful, what we do is we let we we, we say the government's come against us, and, and then all of a sudden, rather than us focusing on trying to get the gospel out, we're focusing on how we can protest the government. And I think sometimes our energies and resources are are spent in the wrong area, uh, especially in time like because, like I said, just because you disagree doesn't always mean that that's the time to protest. I think there's other times that 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 you know. Uh, The abortion issue, yes, we should. uh, If they come in and say you can't preach Jesus Christ, that's that's you know that's a conviction, and that's I'm dying for that. But I haven't seen you know people them saying, and I know this is uh, people are going to just like get your duct tape out because when your head explodes, it's still going to explode, but you'll have all the pieces when it happens. (laughs) Um, You know, wearing a mask. me personally, do I think personally, this is just Terry Wagner, do I think a mask helps? No, I don't. Do I wear one when I, when when it's necessary? Yes, I do. Why? Because I want to protect other people. I, I want them to feel emotionally better. If, if that's what they want me to do, then I'll, I'll put a mask on. I don't know why I should uh, fall on the floor and throw a fit because someone asked me to wear a mask. Now, somebody will say, well, that's because it infringes on my freedom. Well, again, I don't, I, I don't, know, if it, I don't know that it does that either. You, you have the freedom to take that mask off as soon as you leave the place where you're at. You can take it off when you want to. So it, it, I, I, I kind of probably went too far with that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I, I haven't seen the level of uh, government overreach that I think some of the Christian community claims that they that they've seen. I haven't seen that. Hmm. See, I think I would have to disagree with you just a bit on okay. that. You're um, allowed to. In you're, my opinion. You're the boss. <laughs> 
Um, me personally, especially seeing, um, like for instance, uh, John MacArthur's church in California, Grace mm-hmm. Community Church, mm-hmm. um, was sued by the state of California right. for keeping their church open right. during the pandemic. Um, they dropped the lawsuit just recently. Um, but, and, uh, it wasn't to the scale that it could have been. I do agree with you on that because I think we saw what it could have been in Canada with, um, pastor James Coates, uh, and, um, I don't remember his last name, but there was another pastor, Mm -hmm. um, who were sent to prison for keeping their churches open. Um, against health protocol. And they went willingly, like you Mm -hmm. said, they accepted the consequences of it. They went to prison for months, separated from their wife and family. Um, And I do think that that is overstepping the bounds of government Mm -hmm. because in my opinion, well, no, scripture says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Mm -hmm. We are to meet, we are to gather with our saints. And um, in my opinion, the government has no right to dictate when churches can gather and when they can't. I agree with you. Um, I know we did not see that on the scale on here locally. Right. We we I ha- didn't have a problem with it. Um, TSWC never had a problem right. with the church being shut down. Um, but we did see it getting really bad in yeah. other areas. But I wonder how much of that, Allison, was was those particular governments, whether they were state level, federal mm-hmm. level, of yeah. them just sticking their toe in the water to see what they could do. Yeah, for know? sure. And and I, it's just like like we said at the very beginning was how far we've moved away, but we've moved away from that Christian ethic, the Ju- Judeo-Christian ethic, the Christian principles that country was founded on, the Word of God. We've moved away from that because there have been those little moments where the government would stick their toe in the water to see what they could get hmm. by with, and there was too many times that we let them get yeah, by with exactly. it. Yeah, you know, exactly. When the abortion thing came around mm-hmm. in 73, the church was like, that'll never happen, mm-hmm. and here, here we, we are. are. Same thing with prayer in school. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll never take prayer out of school. Now you can't even say the Pledge of Allegiance in school. I mean, so I think, and I think this could be part of that mm-hmm. particular evolution, if I could say it that way, is that I think I think that the, some governments did stick their toe in the water to see, okay, well, how far can we push this thing to maybe getting more of the church out of the way so that we can become this heathen nation that... You know, that it seems like we're on our way to being. Yeah, or even to see how much of the citizens' individual lives that we have the power to control. Because um, even even throughout the United States, there were instances of um, bars being opened, but churches being closed. Right. The inconsistencies there. Yeah. We we saw that clearly. And um, I think, you know, you mentioned Romans 13 earlier. And... um, I think throughout this whole thing, a lot of believers have used that passage to justify um, the government being able to dictate wh- whether you can go to church, how how far you can go to practice your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a key component of that is that this passage says that the government is the arm of God. It's mm-hmm. under his jurisdiction. So we find our allegiance in Christ first and foremost. Right. And it all points back to scripture. You know, where where are you putting your faith? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I want to make sure, I think I've already said it once, I want to make sure I 
clear in the fact that whenever the government asks us to or commands us or mandates us, whatever, do something contrary to what the Word of God says, we are not under obligation to do yeah. what the government wants us to do, period. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, I think when we see that the community of faith or churches are being uh, held to a, a more rigid standard, mm-hmm. like you said, some bars were allowed to be open. I, I read a, a thing today about uh, during the depth of the pandemic, that when churches were open in Nevada, the uh, the distance requirement or capacity requirement of a church was different than what it was in a casino. Mm. Casino could have more people than what a church could have. I think when that happens, yes, it's, it, that's, that is a time when you stand up and say, no, mm-hmm. this is not right, and we're going to resist this. Mm-hmm. Now, the, 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 the chance could be you get a lawsuit or you get yeah. thrown in jail or— and we have to be ready for that. We have to be ready to accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think another element. And we're and I, I said I wasn't going to do this, but we're, <laughs> we're bumping up against the time. Another element that we really haven't had time to talk about is part of that is this enormous distrust that we as Americans have of our government. Mm-hmm. There's just an enormous distrust there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's another big thing, but but even distrust is not justification for you know uh, being rebellious, hmm. you know, if just because you distrust them. But I mean, come on, we we cannot seem to get on the same page mm-hmm. to get information. You mentioned the Afghanistan situation. I mean, that's that's it's horrible. Mm-hmm. The news reports that continue to come out about how it was. Just handled wrong, and 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 the and the coronavirus. You, you ask ten different government officials, you know, about something, and you get ten different answers. And so it does cause this distrust, and that distrust sometimes comes out uh, in in defiance because we just don't trust. We don't trust what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. And I, and you, I, I wish I could remember exactly how you said it last last uh, episode, but when you said everybody knows nothing or something like that, <laughs> I remember how you said. It. I was like, wow, how true. I mean, how true mm-hmm. that is that yeah. uh, we do need to get on our knees and we do need to get in that word and we do need to come together as a community of faith to say, you know, here's here's the line, you know, yeah. this is as far as it goes. And somehow, some way, we've, we've got to find a way to do that and find our way back to uh, some early principles and some early structure, skeleton type things that that were Christian things that, that we need to get back to and uh, I know the Bible says that we're, you know, spiraling towards the end time. I, I get that. Uh, uh, I'm not a eschatological genius or anything <laughs> like that, but I know we're we're headed that way. Yeah. Um, but I'm, that doesn't mean we're just supposed to throw our hands up and say, "Oh well, come Amen. quick, you know, yeah. come on, Jesus, come get us." Yeah. I think we're supposed to be trying to make a difference while we're here. Amen. So. Yeah. At what point do we? And I'm almost playing devil's advocate here, <laughs> but I think it's a valid. I think it's a valid point, and it'd be a good discussion. At what point do we say, okay, let's try this. Let's shut, you know, shut down for a couple of weeks. We'll wear our mask. We'll quarantine, whatever. And then once it reaches that point where the church feels like, okay, this feels like it's about more than just keeping everybody safe. This mm-hmm. feels like an attack on the church, or this feels like. And then coming to that point mm-hmm. to say, okay, no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a happy medium? You know that that you give a little bit to the point where. And not, not necessarily give, mm-hmm. but cooperate. Yeah, you know. Yeah, until it gets to that, till it reaches that head where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is this is not right. This is about much more than that. Yeah, and we need to stand up. 
It's it's a difficult thing. It I is. Mean, I mean, you guys, and I'll say the try say it quick. I mean, <laughs> most people just have their families that they're making decisions for, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're you're four, and you're four or five, five. Um, and and my my two, just me and Vic. But I have to make decisions for three hundred people. Right. Right. You know, as we come together as a family. Um, the few times that we decided to go virtual and not be in house was not because the government told me to do that. It was because I felt like it was the safest thing to do because we had 12 people at one time that were positive right. with with COVID, and I thought, well, okay, this is a probably a good time to shut down for two weeks and let that let that fade away. But that was not a government right. th- mandate. Mm-hmm. Um, they never came. I called the health department, mm-hmm. the local health department, to make sure I was doing the right thing. Um, but I was doing what I thought was the right thing to protect the flock. To, and again, people that want to sometimes over-spiritualize that mm. and, and make it sound like, okay, well, I must have let down my, my guard and I'm not a spiritual leader anymore because I closed down for two weeks because we right. had 12 cases of COVID. Why didn't you just lay your hands on people and claim healing? I believe in and divine healing. Right. I believe in ultimate healing. I believe in instantaneous, miraculous healing. Uh, but I also believe God gave us a brain. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to use it. And and I, my responsibility, one of my responsibilities, is to protect the flock. Yeah, I think uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, we were so in the dark that it really mm-hmm. was just. Um, trial by fire. Right, right. And everybody was trying to do the best that they could in uh, the best way possible. Um, we have new information. We have critical thinking. We have we have the resources, I think, where people finally have the thing, the tools they need in their hands, the information they need to make a decision for themselves about what is best for their health Mm -hmm. and how they wish to live their lives moving forward in the reality of this disease. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point, I don't think we had that. I think it was, we were so in the dark that you just had to make a decision. Um, But now moving forward, um, you take the information that you have, you take scripture first and foremost, and you take the information that we have prayerfully through your leadership body, make the decision that is going to be as faithful to the word of God as you can. And of course, the particulars on that are hazy because the Bible doesn't say when coronavirus comes around, you exactly. need to shut your yeah. church down for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, <It> doesn't? <laughs> we've got to have, uh, we've got to have grace yeah. and we've got to have truth first and foremost. And we need to know where, where our priority lies. And I think my, my ultimate issue was, um, a lot of people's decisions were more driven by fear than they were, um, faith Mm -hmm. in and confidence in Christ, if that makes sense. Um, and when it gets to that point, we've gone too far Mm -hmm. and we've lost, we've lost our direction. Um, so yeah, my encouragement as we close out the episode is, our citizenship is in heaven Amen. as Christians. Amen. This is not our eternal home. Um, we are we are traveling. We're passing through. Foreigners. Uh, we're foreigners here. Yes, as scripture says. We have work to do, we do while we're here. Absolutely. But our ultimate trust is that we will be with Jesus one day. Amen. Um, so, yeah, yeah, just take that with you guys yeah. on your week moving forward. Get the offering played out now. <laughs> She's just done preaching. <laughs> but uh, once again, thank you guys so much for sticking out with us. Yeah. I'm sorry if... Uh, 
Some things we said here were, um, I'm not sorry if you disagreed with us, but I am sorry if you took it the wrong way and you think that we're being uh, condemning at all. Um, We're just trying to explore these issues through biblical truth, uh, just like any other believer. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Please come back. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, have a good week. Amen.